Um, now, as you would have heard in the first part, autism is obviously a very important thing in Robert's life because he is autistic, and it's also something very important in my life as well. So we do talk about autism quite a lot in this episode um, and about the way it has uh, impacts on our lives. When I was editing this episode, I did actually cut out some of that chat um, initially just because, you know, it made the episode a bit long and also it kind of deviated off of the the topic uh, of what we were talking about. But at the same time, I think it's uh, really important to have these open discussions about autism. And autism is something that I wasn't very aware of when my son first got diagnosed with it. And, you know, I think hearing about people's experiences it's really good at letting the wider audience know what autism actually is. I think we have a very uh, blinkered Hollywood-like view of what autism is, and it's such a huge spectrum that affects people in many different ways. So um, that is going to be part of this episode as well. So I just wanted to explain why um, I've left it in, uh, in into this when I could have I could have cut around it. Um, but I thought, no, this needs to stay in here. It needs to be talked about. And if you've got a platform, why not use it? And then you can let more people know what autism can be um, and, and how it affects other people. So, um, yeah, I, I hope you enjoy that part of the conversation as well. But here we go with part two of my interview with Robert White. Okay, so we covered quite a few different ones, but... What would you say is your favourite Disney movie? Favourite Disney movie of all time is, I think, Mary Poppins. The problem with your favourite movie is you've watched it loads. So you know it inside out and then you possibly become a bit bored of it. And then you don't watch it and then you watch it again. You go, wow, that's amazing. But uh, Mary Poppins, and also you don't want to say, oh, Mary Poppins, because everyone must say Mary Poppins, because it's an amazing film. Um, and I think Mary Poppins is is the one, isn't it? It's just, it's just like amazing, and it's a classic, and it's got the tunes, and it's got the storyline, it's got the kids, that you can imagine you're one of the kids, and it's got Bert, and it's got, uh, got Mary. It's just not got everything, everything a growing up gay man could ever want. Um, <laughs> Mary Andrews. Poppins. It's got Julie Andrews. It's got uh, just, it's everything is there. Everything that you could ever want in life is in Mary Poppins. Um, have you managed to see the uh, the sequel? I did not like it as much. No, I, I, can, I, I can understand that. I thought that they, well, as a songwriter, I think they could have done the songs better because what they did was, um, and this is, the songs were very derivative of the previous Mary Poppins and they should have been in the style of the previous Mary Poppins, but they shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been derivative. They shouldn't have actually been on the same chord progressions. And I think... It's the difference between writing and it's the difference between looking at um, Van Gogh's Sunflowers 
and doing other sunflowers or looking at Van Gogh's style in the sunflowers and doing something else, but in his style. They basically took the chord progressions and the, you know, the, the structures of the previous songs. And whereas they should have just done something in that stylistically, um, which suited rather than, you know, just nicking the the the, the underlying uh, structure of the music. But then again, who am I to say I'm just a little man in his bedroom who's never had who's had very limited success um you know whereas the person who did the music he wrote hamilton didn't he yeah yeah exactly but, so but, yeah but i mean I, but the thing is but you so you understand it in a way that i i don't understand it like i didn't watch the film and, and have the same opinion of of how they did the music that you did mm. because i don't understand no, no progressions no. or anything like that so um, but what did you think of the film? I think the film as itself was magical, but it could be more magical. And for me, as a person who knows music, the songs let it down. And um, I thought I thought it was I thought it was a good film. What do yeah, you think? I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I I was never someone who I didn't watch Mary Poppins when I was a kid all the way through. So I don't hold it in um, as high a regard as a lot of people do. And I think if I did, if if Mary Poppins was like my ultimate film, mm. then I think my opinion on uh, Mary Poppins Returns would have been much stronger. But because it wasn't, I didn't have such a, a relationship with the original film that I just took this as its own separate thing and didn't really compare the two. So not comparing the two, I really enjoyed it. If you compare mm. the two, yes, you can see one is clearly uh, superior, but that mm. doesn't mean that the, the the second one isn't enjoyable but it's, well, it's just very, in a different way it's very rare to get a good second film um which is why paddington 2 is rare oh, um that, i mean look it's not like Disney, paddington but pa- paddington but paddington, paddington <sighs> amazing film paddington 2 oh come on it's just like um, um, i know it's not disney but yeah how is your son with his autism with, exper- autism with experiencing films like that? And secondly, he'd probably be too young anyway. So it's interesting um, with my son because when you show him something for the first time, most of the time he's got no interest in it. He will sit there and he'll have it, you know, be on the TV um, and he might watch it for a bit, but quite often he'll drift and he'll go and do something else and maybe come back a bit later on or whatever. Um, but when he gets into a film, he gets into the film. So um, when the first the first kind of thing he latched onto was uh, Toy Story. One, two, and three. All three of them obsessed with. Now what was really interesting was when Toy Story 4 came out, that was the first Toy Story film that was going to be coming out at the cinema Um that he was alive for because um he was born in, in 2014 so we thought he's gonna love toy story 4 and he hates toy story 4 he can't right. he will not watch toy story 4 but he'll still watch toy story 1 2 and 3 right. but 4 doesn't like the new characters just well, doesn't drive with it he's got very good taste because <laughs> do you know do you know what i do you know the worst thing is that everyone loves Toy Story 4, 
and personally, I just didn't think it was as uh, in the same as the other. Because to me, uh, it wasn't all right. It wasn't as bad as Indiana Jones fought. No, but then there's it was, not much it, that it, is. Well, what? Um, what other four ones can you get that? But it was, it was, it was watchable. But one, two, and three are just magical and beautiful. And four, to me, it was just a, it was a too different. It wasn't anyway. But people, I know people who really liked it. I mean, I I liked Toy Story four, but mm. I mean, and because I do another Disney podcast where we talk about things like that in more detail, you know, mm. we have tried to put them in order. It's very, very hard, I think, to put the, the Toy Story films in order, except for four. Four will always be the fourth one. Um, but, but the then top again, three uh, will change. Is it interesting? Do, do you get an insight into your son from things like that? Do you know, Can you sort of work out what it is he wanted from the other ones more? No, no, ah. it's 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 quite funny because there there are things that he latches onto. So there's um there's a Disney cartoon. It's a it's a series um, from Australia called uh, Bluey. It's quite new. It's only been mm. around a couple of years, and he would you know he'd sit there and watch them, and he'd kind of enjoy some episodes, not others. But there was one thing. There was one episode in particular where um. They're playing with balloons and a balloon bursts and the kids start crying and the child dogs start crying. So the dad becomes a human balloon and he kind of does this. He kind of gets all floppy and then they go behind him and they go <sighs> and start blowing him up. And as they're, as they're blowing, he's doing this and turning into a balloon. And then they, they let him go and he runs around the garden after them. My son does that to me. He pulls my arm down so I kind of go a bit limp and then he'll blow on the back of my t-shirt so I inflate like a balloon and I'll I'll then run off when he when he asks me to. Um I Is mean, it a blue balloon? No. Well no, so so at this point, that bit there in particular, that's that's just a dog. That's a dog pretending the, to be what, a balloon. What, what's the dad? The dad is what what colour is the dad? Is he blue? No, no. So, uh, is he blue? The daddy's blue. The daddy's blue and the mummy's brown. And then one because of the kids is blue and one of the when, kids is when brown. You, when you... I don't know, because obviously I'm totally different to your son and all hmm. autistic people are totally different. We all think totally different and on that we can agree. Ha 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 ha. No, I think... Because when you said blows up is dad like a balloon... I smiled, and I imagined a big blue balloon. <laughs> and I think, I think there is, I don't know, it's very hard to know, but I think there's something about, I know that there's a similar thing with, you know, the way that I play the piano is a repetitive thing, and spinning, and rounds. There's something about rounds, and there's something about blue, um, which for some reason... Is I've got no idea why, but that's like an autistic thing. And I there's some when you said blow up his dead like a balloon, the fact that he was round is somehow comforting. It may well be that round is a comforting thing, and that his dad being round is like a really comforting dad. I don't know. Hmm, that's interesting though. And that's but the thing, then like, again, he, he, he knows. 
yeah, you watch him, you watch some of the things that he gets really excited by, and you're watching it, and you can't really understand what it is, and you and and all you want is to understand, just to get a, a kind of insight yeah, into yeah, yeah. what it is, so that you can replicate that, or you can make sure you, you do something similar, but it's 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 hard but when he gets fixated on something he gets almost obsessed with it at the moment it's peter pan all right uh, last week it was Which alice peter in wonderland uh, the the um cartoon the disney cartoon all right, peter cool. pan oh, and then good. the week before that it was the disney alice in wonderland the again the cartoon version and he'll watch the first 20 minutes and then want you to go back to the start and play it again and just watch the first 20 minutes over and over again well, I, you know, I get that with, well, I listen to the same track all the time. I eat the same food all the time. Um, yeah, I have to have well. regular, yeah, but I think, I think it's, I think there's links between, but obviously it's two different, uh, it's that word again, levels, isn't it? It's within different things, but I think that's genuinely true. I think, um, there's lots of scientists and uh, mathematicians who are sort of very, very autistic, but the, uh, you know, it doesn't show because they're um, operating in very regulated environments, whereas if they had to work in Asda or something, it would show. And I think that's, you know, the, the you know, re- repetitive spinning is just um, one end of the wedge or one different angle of i don't know having to listen to music and always recognize the chord progressions or 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 always put everything in order or you know einstein and his uh repetitive socks all the same or his mind which uh enabled him to think about energy and all that sort of stuff but uh, i always find it interesting because i've taught some um a few of the reception class who couldn't speak yet, and that's not non-verbal autism. And you want to try and get into, and I've taught um, kids with Asperger's and autism as well. And you sort of, you want to try and understand from, and I think sometimes I do have an insight with some of the kids, but with some of the kids, I just don't think I can understand at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was just hoping that you might have, you might, rather than just repeating what you've done before, whether you would have made some sort of connection which you could then replicate in a different way, that would have been a beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's it's quite funny that... Um, well, it's not funny, but... No. Um, I, I'm his least favourite person in the house. Uh, right. You know, my wife is, is everything to him. Uh, his sister... Is and, and I mean she's wonderful with him. Like we're very very lucky in that regard. She understands him really well, and the situation does a lot for him. Mm. And I really tried to connect with him, and he he just didn't really bond with me at all. But more recently, like that thing with the balloon, um, yeah. that's he now. There's there's things that I can do with him that he'll get me to do. Well, that's nice, so isn't it's it? yeah, and I mean it. I, I didn't understand it at first, so I found it I found it really hard why we we weren't really bonding. Mm. Um, but as I said, as as time has gone on, little little things 
are 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 showing so and and are occurring. So it, it is good. And the thing is, I I understand it's not anything I'm doing. Well, so the, I get the, that the, now. The but... issue is that you, you know, and that I have the same with my mum. In fact, because to my mum, I'm her son. And my mum to me, as well as being my mum, she's also a person. So sometimes I can't do people. So if I need to be on my own and if I need to not be with her, it's not my mum I'm ignoring. It's the fact of people per se. Yep. So to your son, you're not his dad. You are not just his dad. You are a person as well so sometimes when it's like no people do you know what i mean it, it you could be any anyone um and it, it, you know you, you could be someone offering him everything he ever wants in the whole world his greatest thing that he could ever you know his obsession of that week but if he can't do people yeah um, it's it's funny because because um I'm like that. I need I need time by myself quite often, and it's yes, not yeah, anything yeah. I've got. Um, don't not like spending time with my wife or kids, but I just like to have some time when I I haven't got anyone. I'll go no for peopling. like a long walk. Yeah, no yeah. peopling is an amazing thing. Yeah. No peopling is like that 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 sort of that 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 rescues me so many times. Yeah, well, uh, the next question we'll, we'll yes. go to the minute is about theme parks, but um, mm. I went away with some friends one time to uh, a theme park and mm. I I made up an excuse to just be away, not because they were annoying me, because I just wanted to have no one around. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I couldn't, you, when you're in a theme park, you can't have no one around, but what I mean is people that I didn't, I didn't have to interact with, I could walk through, um, but I it wasn't. It just does your head in. Yes. It just does, yeah. Yeah. Some people they enjoy it and they love it, and to other people it's just like, well, you know, you're my friend or you're my mum or you're my this, but I just can't, I can't do it. I need to not be here. Don't even talk. It's like even talking, and this is the thing. It's like, um, I one of the ways that I explained to my because I was diagnosed late um, as a child, I basically destroyed my family because no one knew what was happening, and my mum has sort of like she has memories of me as a kid which are um, unpleasant and now I have to sort of almost give an instruction manual of me as an adult I'm saying well and it sort of relates she then relates it back to how I was a kid and it informs her and one of the things I say is that when my mind is confused it's like um, a hive of really angry bees however much you try and pet the hive of angry bees you're still poking a hive of angry bees. What you should do is just step away from the hive of angry bees. I know what you want to do is take the hand of the hive of angry bees or cuddle the hive of angry bees or say nice words to the hive of angry bees. But it's a hive of angry bees. Let the head just rest and settle. And I think sometimes you can get over... Um, overstimulated obviously you can get overstimulated and you can get over um over peopled over bright lighted over worked over reading over all these things that you can sort of you know and uh 
taking time away from your friends is nothing to do with those friends. It's uh, it's unpeopling yourself. So my penultimate question to you is: uh, Have you ever been to a Disney theme park? No. Would you ever want to go to a theme park or a Disney theme park? Should I say? I think it would be fun if you had uh, unlimited money to go on the rides and stuff. And also if there weren't people there. One of the best things when I was living in London was, as a comedian, you work in the evening. So you go to the cinemas in the afternoon and you have a whole empty cinema to yourself. Um, and that can be, you know, and I, too many people is not good. Um, so if I had a theme park without the people in it... Um, <laughs> that would make me Michael Jackson. No, um, I would. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Um, Very hard going to a theme park when it's particularly quiet. But um, one thing that Disney are really good at, actually, um, is you can get a disability pass uh, when you've got autism, so that you don't have to uh, spend your your whole day queuing up. Um, sometimes they can let you go on the ride. Uh, within a few minutes, or sometimes they give you a return really time. I was feeling because my my I know we shouldn't talk about levels, but my level of do it, you know. In fact, I sometimes see this is where people are going to call me an evil git, but I sometimes see other people with um, autism to the same sort of level or higher functioning or what blah blah. blah. I've used the wrong terms, etc. I'm sorry, as me doing things like that and you think well you don't need the number of people i've seen who have because there's a big thing now with autism and not wearing masks because it gives them anxiety and i'm thinking well you know what is what is the level of this because i've i i myself personally as a person with autism have and this is where i think an allowance for autism in society needs to be made and society needs to understand. But we as people also have an onus to attempt to fit into society because that's what everyone does. Everyone tries to fit into society and society tries to accommodate everyone. Just society's accommodation of the white male is historically longer than society's accommodation of the white female is historically longer than the society's accommodation accommodation of people who are not white and then of people who are disabled and people with autism. You know, society is gradually coming to accommodate. But if society comes to accommodate, it doesn't then mean that the individual themselves have a right to everything that they ever wanted. And I myself think that, well, if there's a pandemic on and I have to wear a mask, even though it makes me feel uncomfortable, I am going to do my best to go along with what society wants. It has to recognise me and it has to recognise some... And, you know, there's a difference between me and, I don't know, someone who, who physically tears their mask off because they can't, you know, and, and I get that. But there are people who, to me, seem a similar level for want of a better word if there ever is as me who who seem to use it as a bit of an excuse so i i i always feel slightly embarrassed in these queue jumping things because yes technically i can but you know on the other hand i don't mind queuing because 
to me, it's not, it doesn't make me anxious. If it makes people genuinely anxious, then very, very anxious, then yes. But if they're just using it as a cue jump pass, and I know some people do, then I don't think that's good. Yeah, and it's it is it's very hard, like you say, because yeah, 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 it's, because it's because it's such a, a a spectrum, and as you say, it affects people in different ways. Then somebody who, and I mean the thing is, we we had this when we um we used one um when my wife was um was pregnant. People looking going, well, why? Because that same they do they do a pass if you have got a, a semi. Uh, permanent disability uh, so right. temporary disability so uh because of obviously my wife can stand very long for the few things that she could do out there they would um allow her to uh jump the queue as it were and you would have people looking and going what what what's up why are they so special and it's not about necessarily being special it's about but then again, leveling I the say, playing field i would say that if someone's pregnant then they should do you know what i mean i think there's you know, if someone's got something, what I'm saying is, if someone's got something genuine, then necessarily should. But if you were saying that the pass applied to me, I think there's people who may who who don't need who who who, who shouldn't because then people who generally who. But then I was, you know, I I I remember. But then there's always nasty people around who don't see that there's people with needs who should get these things. I remember mm-hmm. being, um, I was going to a gig actually, and this is never go, uh, never travel on um, London trains at, you know, five o'clock rush hour. Um, standing in the train and uh, I got on with my keyboard and I slightly bumped this lady. And um, I, I accidentally saw, and she was pregnant and this is the only time I've ever said anything like Oscar Wilde um, because she said, sorry, I'm pregnant. And then I looked and I said, oh, I apologise. I didn't realise you were pregnant because I didn't think um, anyone in a carriage would have you stand because I wouldn't imagine people acted like animals. And then instantly a few people looked around and gave up their seat for her. But you know, people in people in that circumstance, they just look down and they ignore other people. Um, so, I think I think you're right. It's complicated, isn't it? Some people should get it. Some people shouldn't get it. But I think not everyone who can get it should get it. But how do we know? Yeah, and and also, you know, you've not you've not been there, and you know, I've been there in the summer when. You know it, the parks are, are you know thousands upon thousands of people and you know it might be overwhelming um i don't well, know there is that there is that as well there have been moments in places where i found it overwhelming and i think maybe for those moments i'd need it um but maybe that's the thing they're saying maybe if you have the past i'm talking myself into it now maybe if you have the past and those are <laughs> the, then those moments don't come and you don't get overwhelmed aha robert i can see well, I, I think, you know, there's the, there's the, because um, sometimes you almost talk yourself out of having autism and you go, well, I can do this, I can do that, I can do the other. And then you forget that one time when you were with your friend and, you know, you, you couldn't cope that the fact of being in TK Maxx and you were uh, 
accidentally bought some size 12 pink shoes because you just wanted to get out of the shop. Um, or that, although that said, I never accidentally buy pink shoes. Um, I always deliberately buy pink shoes. As um, as everyone should, yes. Um, I don't know. I've talked myself out of it and into it, and I'm sure I'm sure everyone who's listening both disagrees with everything. The the thing is, right, and you kind of had you've actually kind of talked both sides of the argument because you you mentioned the queue jump. You know, jumping the queue. And... If it is just jumping the queue, then that's not a fact. But yeah, but but the, yeah. but the thing is, the way I the way I look at it, it's not jumping the queue. It's leveling the field. It's it's giving everybody the same amount of enjoyment. And what I mean is, it, like my son, for example, he would not be able to understand. You, I can't explain to him. You've got to stand here for an hour so that you can meet Mickey Mouse. That doesn't compute to him. He will well, not this, be able to do that. I, I know, I know, and this is why. But this is. I'm not talking about that sort of need. I'm talking about. I suppose I'd liken it to mobility scooters. If someone can't walk, then they get a mobility scooter to enable them to walk. Um, they do not get a mobility scooter to enable them to race up the pavement and knock over everyone else who's in front of them because they are on a mobility scooter and therefore they should have right of way everywhere which is possible. And it's that fine line. It's the fine line between I've got a disability, give me everything, and I've got a disability, I just want it to... I just want to operate in society like a normal person and for all the disabled people i know most people are normal you know it's the very rare people who who knock everyone else over but i'm sure most of us have been attemptedly knocked over uh i i absolutely have had that happen to me on on more than one occasion and i've been blamed for it as well how dare i be walking in the path of somebody coming behind me uh, on a mobility scooter way <laughs> yes. too fast than they should have been how dare i stand on the pavement um but yeah okay so you you've you've not been to a disney park um no. but you wouldn't be adverse if somebody i wouldn't be adverse when i was a kid possibly um we didn't have much money so i think we went we went to black gang chine in in uh oh, same here on, in on the, the isle of white yeah where the dinosaurs i'm sure to a kid they were just as impressive as disney um, I'm sure to an adult they were a bit not as impressive. Apologies if anyone is listening from the Isle of Wight. Um, but um, no, I, if I was to go, no, I wouldn't. No, I, well, yes and no, no and yes, yes and no. May, to see the shows, they have shows in there, don't they? Musical yeah. shows and so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm gay, I'll go and see that. Robert, thank you so much for for being uh, my guest on this episode. Um, I've got thank one... you for having me. No, it's been a pleasure. Um, I've got one final question for you, um, and that is: Do you have a Disney memory that means the most to you? Well, you're probably going to tell me that this isn't um, Disney. <laughs> it's such a common thing. <laughs> but um, Fievel goes west. Oh, no, American Tale. Tell me, yes or no? No. Oh, you evil man. 
It's both well, on the same people as the Land Before Time, though. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, well, yeah, this is much, but you should, your podcast should have been about them. Yeah. Um, favorite Disney memory. Um, well, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? It's. Um... watching that movie and crying in the cinema because of my ex-boyfriend and i don't think i don't know whether i think i like sort of sad songs um you know because it's a way of feeling happy after you've been sad isn't it there's something about listening to the sad song and then going ah oh, that's that it's a way of processing in a way yes and it's a way of uh, coming to terms and accommodating and you know it's um so that that was a song that i i just listened to over and over and over again for so many times because of this one particular person that i'd uh been you know let's not go there but i th i think that's uh, as a as to a favourite happy Disney memory, um, I would say from when I was a kid, just like all the Christmas films, like one of our dinosaurs is missing and bedknobs and broomsticks and her the Herbie films. Just Christmas was those and remembering Christmas in my pajamas with stockings. And, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean my pajamas with stockings. I mean. <laughs> We had yeah. the stock. No, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't some like. I, I wasn't in some like e exotic sort of. Um, I don't know lingerie type pajama. Um, I meant, yeah, just as a as a that our family Christmases as a kid, family Christmases because Christmas was always a happy, smiley, lovely time. Because I think my dad was off work, so he wasn't stressed. Um, we weren't having to do anything as such. We were just sort of having presents and yeah. I And I think because uh, there were four kids, we argued a lot, but at Christmas it was like, you've got your thing. I've got my present. We've all got our presents. We're having chocolate. This is a lovely time. Um, and uh, this, let's pretend we're Herbie. I mean, what a, a lovely sentiment to end on, really. Um, yeah, I think, just to kind of add to that, I think what people don't understand now, especially, you know, like my children don't experience this, is that, you know, when we wanted to watch a Disney film, um, it would be Christmas or bank holidays, um, maybe something in the summer holidays, but you couldn't just go and watch any Disney film you wanted. You had to wait for those particular times of the well, year when they were on TV. You know, when I was young, he says, speaking as an old person, we used to have library lessons. We used to have lessons where we'd go to the library and we'd learn how to use this one room in which all the information of the whole world was kept. Now, my phone has 68 billion times more information than the information in that one room. And I get it 
by saying the word to the phone and it gives me the information. I don't have to go through some Dewey Decimal system and then look it up in a book. Oh my God, the Dewey Decimal system. I haven't thought about that in years. So, so um, <laughs> you know, these, we, it was, it was as Christmas was a special time because that's when movies were. And he, yeah. he, videos, we didn't get, I don't know when videos, don't know what the first video I ever saw was, but it was, um, yeah, so Christmas with Disney films. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's a lovely memory and it's it's been wonderful to to speak with you. Um and Robert, thank you so much for sharing your Disney life with me. Well, thank you for ruining my idea of what Disney movies are. But um I I'm not bitter. But thank you for having me. Uh would you mind uh, would you mind playing us out? With a um, little jingle. I will play um, something from Disney. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, next time I'll get some sheet music. All original content is played for the purposes of discussion and is owned by the copyright holders. All original content is the property of My Disney Life, an After Dark Network production for 1129 Media. All rights reserved. This podcast was brought to you by 1129 Media.